0: a single girl like you doing rattling around this big house well i assure you i'm married to a man a human one
1: one we are an unusual couple
0: oh i don't think that was ever in question we just don't know what to expect
1: Hey, neighbors. Hey, buddy. Wanda, what's
0: up? Who are you? I don't know. I
1: think something's wrong here. Wanda, can you hear me? Who's doing this to you? Are
0: you here to help us? <laughs> this is our home.
1: Then let's fight for it. All the galaxies.
0: All for you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast, broadcasting live on channel1138.com and also on Facebook Live. That's right, this is a big enough discussion. That we figured out a way to get us to broadcast on our Facebook page. And we will be doing a live broadcast. No video, unfortunately, because I look like crap. And there's somebody else on this feed that isn't a huge fan of cameras. And that's relatable as heck. But we are here to bring you a full in-depth discussion of Season 1. Particularly the season finale of the Disney Plus MCU show WandaVision. I'm Zach if you're new to the program and we appreciate you tuning in and joining me on this very special episode is my co-host, my buddy. He's been here since episode 1 and he's here for episode 319. Please help me welcome Mr. Ben Hart.
1: How's it going everybody? How's it going Zach? It's uh it's it's a momentous occasion. Been looking forward to this for a very long time. Um, because uh, we've been holding out on this, you know, we we we've waited anxiously until the end of this season, which just so happened to end today, and uh, to finally talk about this amazing amazing show and there's a lot to talk about as you can imagine you just in the finale there's a lot to talk about um and we got the whole the whole series to talk about um series season i don't know it's it's i think it's just a one and done season but they might do season two i don't know um but i'm very very happy with what we got and i'm looking forward to discussing it
0: yeah it said on the on the final episode this is the series finale And for those of you that are listening live, I want to go ahead and put this out there now. Spoiler alert, we're going full-fledged spoilers on this. We will be talking about everything that transpired during this final episode that released today, March the 5th. In addition to all the previous episodes, this is going to be a spoiler-filled discussion. So you have had your warning, and... Uh, that, that is the only warning that we're probably going to give because yeah, it says series finale on the last episode there. And what was interesting about that final episode, did you notice there wasn't any intro? There was no, there was no intro music. It was just the whole previously on WandaVision, but we didn't get like the, the generic sitcom TV show intro music for WandaVision. Like we did for all the others.
1: Yeah. Uh, was it the same for the last episode too? I think because they like the last episode was kind of like okay the jig is up. We're not doing this anymore. It's, it this is full on you know MCU style. Um I felt like there was something there. But yeah, it's you know it, it feels jarring after what, you know, eight episodes of uh you know these crazy intros and or just nothing. We're just going straight into it.
0: Yeah, it's like okay, enough pretense. We are just going right into this. And I kind of liked that honestly because it it meant that they were taking this last culmination of events seriously it it was like yeah we're done with the episodic format we are ready to show you what we were supposed to be showing you all along if there's anything to be learned about wandavision it's that it is a slow as heck of a burn (laughs) yes yes like I had a lot of people tell me that they quit watching because it it was just too long. It was just wow. too much. Like they 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 couldn't get past the first two episodes or something like that and it it was it was just it was just too much for them. And I get it. Like for those who aren't really interested in old school sitcoms, seeing the set of the Brady Bunch or the Dick Van Dyke show probably wasn't for you. But I don't think it was necessarily meant to be about you, to be honest. But, <laughs> like that's that's the point. But it was it was still an enjoyable ride for me. And our friend Steven Schinder in the channel eleven thirty eight chat says that I didn't think it was too slow, but he was disappointed with the Quicksilver reveal. It felt like Iron Man 3 all over again. Do we want to try and do this chronologically, or do we want to do this topically? Because the Quicksilver thing is something I have a lot of thoughts about.
1: I have a lot of thoughts on it, too. Do we want to just get into that right now?
0: By all means. Let's just do it. Yeah, let's do it. That's a great segue, Steven. Thank you for that. One of the last
1: things to happen, we're going to start first with it.
0: Well, uh, it wasn't necessarily one of the last things. I mean, he did show up kind of in the middle of the series. The problem was we thought we were getting the Quicksilver from the – fox universe and it turns out we just got evan peters pretending to be the quicksilver from the fox universe
1: it's apparently Uh, the same guy in the same body with the same personality but it's not him it's uh, not uh, peter it's not peter maximoff it's just uh, some guy
0: it's just it's just some guy named ralph boner which (laughs) boner everybody gotta laugh at the boner joke (laughs) Uh, hey, you made it as Peter's penis joke. It's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I was really disappointed with that. Mostly because I am such a big fan of the Fox Marvel movies. Like, I know that they are not as immersive or comprehensive as the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But when you look at them at face value for what they are, they are not bad movies. And... I just feel like the the Fox Marvel Universe and Evan Peters Quicksilver in particular deserved a little bit better than that.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just really a weird choice to, like, do all this, knowing what the audience knows and teasing us with this and going like, oh, look, it's Evan Peters. And then. Going along with this, and then you know what the audience is gonna expect. You know what people are gonna assume that you know this is the crossing of the streams, we're coming up on multiverse stuff, you (laughs) know.
0: Streams is that a Ghostbusters joke?
1: Maybe it is, maybe it is, maybe because I love my unintentional puns. But uh, you know, it just it's just weird to get all that and have the culmination. I was generally like looking forward to the reveal. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're gonna get the final explanation of like what's going on with Quicksilver. And it's like, oh yeah, you're just some guy being controlled. You live here. And I'm like, what? That doesn't like that doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you do that? Unless, like, there's some, you know, fake out here that we're supposed to come with reveal um later in Multiverse of Madness or whatever, like that. I this is incredibly disappointing to me. Now I think like yeah. overall, the, the Wanda story, the vision story, that was all really, really good, really, really well done. But, you know, I was really invested in the Quicksilver stuff, and, you know, it just kind of, uh, like, they just threw it away, and I'm like, why? Why? You, you had a chance to, like, do something really cool with that. And I'm not saying spend a whole lot of time on it, but just give us something, and you could have had a one scene at the end where, like, oh, yeah, go back to your universe or whatever, or, you know, explain what happened. We have to make him some guy, like, come on, Fikey, you could do better than this. I I
0: really am still kind of befuddled by that, because I thought it would lead to something more, something pertaining to Fox Marvel. And instead we get what Steven says is a stupid ass joke. All one. <laughs> yes. In, in the term of Ralph Boner, like seriously, that's the best you can come up with. I I don't necessarily think Feige should be fired as Steven jokingly puts in the chat. I don't oh think God! Here we go. <laughs> Fire Feige. Yeah, let's let's do a knee jerk reaction. Uh, I I don't necessarily think anybody should be fired over this, but I'm just disappointed because I feel like Evan Peters is a solid actor who had a couple of really awesome sequences in the new X Men movies, and the decision to make him the first person to show up from that quote-unquote universe seemed like a big deal at the time. If you go back and listen to one of our previous episodes, you know, when that big reveal happened, we freaked out about it, and we talked, and we speculated, and this is the payoff that we get, is is getting told that
1: he There was, like, a million different options they could have chosen, and a lot of them are online. And I, I'm not one of the people that goes like, oh, yeah, you know, you need to go over the fan theories. I'm I'm just saying, like... There's so many different ideas people put out there, like what this could mean. And And they literally chose the most boring option, which is it's just some guy and it's you know, complete coincidence that he looks like the fox Quicksilver. And I'm like, why?
0: Here here's the other part that confuses me. How did Agatha's spell give him super speed?
1: Again, it, it somehow gave him superpowers. He just happens to have this power. Like,
0: if Agatha is not as powerful as Wanda and has to cast her runes and cast Latin spells and and give charms and things like that, like, how does that charm make an average human being like Ralph into a super speedster that we see during the episode that occurs on Halloween? Like, he's running like Quicksilver. He's carrying himself like Quicksilver. He's behaving like Quicksilver.
1: And yet he's not like, what the hell? Like they like we're supposed to believe that Agatha picks some random guy who happens to look exactly like and act exactly like a guy from another universe that is actually Quicksilver. Right. And took a random guy and gave him superpowers and gave him the personality and not even the personality. He's nothing like Aaron Taylor Johnson. He is Peter Maximoff. Yes. Totally. In 100%. in everything. The clothing, everything he wears. Like I saw people like breaking down like on on Twitter, like, Oh yeah, look at the look, he's wearing the same jacket in that first episode he's wearing in, you know, X-Men Apocalypse or whatever. Or or Dark Phoenix. And I'm like, Yes, yes, exactly. This is why this is real. And then it's not. Yeah. I don't I don't want it to ruin the episode. I think this was a this was a a fantastic series, but they took a really fantastic element because it could be expanded upon. Right. And just threw it away. And I'm like, okay, guys, you had me, but you you you're done. You're done. Goofed up here. Yeah, you kind of lost me, and that's
0: disappointing because I had a lot of low expectations coming into this show. I didn't really know what to expect, same. Which allowed for my expectations to be exceeded probably eight or nine times out of ten, and then that one time that it that it you know doesn't exceed expectations is the one time that I really hoped it would. And I guess that's what's so jarring about this series slash season finale is that the one thing that I was hoping for some big payoff with didn't pay off in the way that I hoped it would. And I really, really need to learn to keep, you know, keep those expectations in check because obviously there's, there's a lot of really great fan theories and fan casting and stuff out there. And, you know, credit to the fans for being as engaged as they are. But it's just, it's not the type of storyline that they wanted to tell. And here's the other thing that I found somewhat interesting, also somewhat disappointing. We got the news that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Like, she has been cast in it. So we're going to see Wanda slash the Scarlet Witch in the new Doctor Strange movie. But we didn't really get any cameos from big players in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like Doctor Strange. We got our yeah. Jim Woo's, and we got our Darcy's, we've got Monica, who is apparently going to go up and visit Nick Fury now. But we just we didn't get any of the other big players in the MCU and they kept the focus on Wanda and vision and Agatha apparently. And didn't really give us a whole lot more of the MCU. Did you get that vibe or like did the flashback with Monica coming back from the blip and the cameo with the scroll and, and all of that, was that enough for you or were you hoping for more?
1: I was hoping for more. I was, you know, and maybe I shouldn't have. I'm trying to check my expectations here because, like, the story was ultimately about Wanda and Vision. Literally, that's the title of the thing. Literally
0: the name of the show. Exactly. And that's why I struggle with it because that's what it's supposed to be. And then I get mad about it being the way it's supposed to be.
1: Well, you know, just from a logical standpoint, it's like I know people have, you know, gone on and on about this, like, you know, go back to. Captain America, Winter Soldier, where's, where's Iron Man? Where's the Hawkeye? Where, when, you know, Shield's collapsing and all this kind of stuff, like, obviously it's a movie, they couldn't get those actors, they just, they just did the story and that's how it is. Um, and maybe that's another, you know, standpoint here, but like, you're, you're, you're Marvel, you seem like you can do anything you want, like, it would make sense that like, Wanda has friends, like, where is Hawkeye? Where is all these people that's, that care about her when all this is going down? Um, and yet, you know, have, you know, essentially, you know, background characters or, or characters that are not as well known, um, like Darcy showing up. You know, I love Darcy, but like, you oh, know, she's her. kind of a, she's kind of a random pick for this show. I, I love that to put, put her in there. But like, you know, where is Dr. Strange? Where is Hawkeye? Where is people? Um, and I was kind of hoping for a cameo. We got some stuff. Obviously, this is not the end of the story. This is there's questions left open for a reason this is leading into multiverse of madness this is the start of a new story for wanda and i'm willing to accept that but you know yeah. i was helping for a little bit more and maybe i'm greedy i know i'm greedy i know i'm unsatisfiable from a certain extent <laughs> but you know it would have been cool you know if if dr strange showed up or whatever um i i did really like what they did especially in the finale with with, with wanda and vision and and her giving the, all that up and this was very emotional. But again, I was like, you know, what is this really how it's gonna end? Like is she gonna lose her kids? And like it, it's it's a lot to take in. And I'm not I'm still not sure how I feel about the the finale. Um I really love the series overall, but you know, there is some things like the Quicksilver reveal, like yeah. the Quicksilver non-reveal, I should say, yeah. um, and just a few other things that kind of like, ah, I'm not sure about this. I'm gonna have to go rewatch it. So as of now i've only seen the episode once um so and first time is always weird so i'm i'm reverse reserving judgment right now ultimately but you know i don't think this series ended as well as it could have i'm just gonna say that right now i
0: am of a similar mindset and i think that's what is disappointing because this show i came in with low expectations they started exceeding them and then like I would say the last two episodes were not what I was expecting them to be. Like, I would have been okay with the season ending on a cliffhanger with Agatha doing the name drop of Scarlet Witch.
1: That would have been interesting.
0: Because in my opinion, the two best episodes were the ones where Evan Peters shows up at the end of the episode. I think, I think that was the best episode of the season. Because you have the Wanda and Vision confrontation in the living room where he's starting to have some self-actualization. I, we- thought, I thought that was, like, super telling that a part of... We, we find out later that he's a part of her. You know, she manifests him using her powers. So we find out later on that, it, it, like, Vision is confronting her. But in reality, it's the part of the Mind Stone that is confronting her. So... When you go back and watch that episode a second time, she's basically having an internal struggle. It's a fight with herself being manifested through her creation of vision. And that is just huge for people with, like, uh, neuroses and anxiety to realize that it's okay to have conversations with yourself, you know? Like, like, like if, if a superhero can do it, you can do it. Like, it's fine. There's a lot of really, really great stuff out there for like people with anxiety and, and personality disorders. Tons of great representation there. But that type of writing and confrontation and that reveal was excellent. And my other favorite episode was when you go on the fields trip with Wanda going through the different doors of her life and seeing the trauma that she's endured. Yeah. Like, yeah, losing your twin in Age of Ultron is a pretty big deal. But losing your parents the way that you did, losing vision the way that you did, like, you start to realize just how much crap this young woman has gone through. And you start to sympathize with her a little bit more, even if she's openly admitting that she could end up becoming a villain at some point. It's a really, really interesting concept and just a really well-written character
1: oh yeah like the the character study and the journey we go on with wanda is in this entire series is phenomenal i think and the examination of grief the examination of someone dealing with this and having this kind of power and and you know what someone would do in that situation where you know you you are the scarlet witch you're this legendary being that has this power you don't even know how to control and right. you're met with you know tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and has all this stuff built up and, and don't know how to deal with it and ultimately literally create your own world just to you know just to exist and right. it's a massive metaphor for you oh, yeah. know, people grieving, people dealing with stuff. Mental oh, yeah. health is serious, guys, and oh. dealing with it and, you know, not to the extent – hopefully most of you haven't gr- had the grief and the, the horror you, that, that Wanda has experienced. But we've all dealt with something. We've all had something. We've all lost someone. you have all had to deal with something really awful or just – are just not. Sometimes this stuff just happens, and you don't know what it is. But y- y- you know you're you're at wit's end with it. And so having this in this context of a giving a superhero mm-hmm. these kind of issues, yep. I think is wonderful. And I think you know her learning about this and ultimately getting her power and then what that sets up afterwards who knows because uh, she's got the dark hold at the end and yeah. uh i've seen ages of shield that's a that's a freaking evil book man like people normal people look at that book they die all right so like what's gonna happen to her like is she gonna get corrupted is she gonna go more into it is she i don't know I but... mean, I,
0: by the end of... You you saw the mid-credits and the post credit scenes, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, man. By the end of it, you think she's living a normal life, and then you find out that, like, her actual body is just kind of holed up in this bedroom studying the dark Darkhold in depth. Now, I didn't finish uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it, it, how do you feel like it got from... Where it was in Agents of Shield to into the hands of Agatha Harkness, like how did that?
1: It's it's a it's an interesting idea because there is no solid evidence or proof to say that this is even the same Darkhold. Um, because by the end of Agents of Shield, Agents of Shield as a show was like really into like the tie-ins in like the first few seasons, and then by the end of the season, like the snap. And the blip don't happen in Agents of Shield. They talk about Thanos, and it just goes by. So by the end of it, you're like, okay, this must be set in an alternate universe or something because this doesn't make a lot of sense. And The dark hole that appears in Agents of Shield obviously looks different. I think other people pointed out that the dark hole in Agents of Shield is explained to have uh, the ability to change its appearance every so often. So like, it could fit within like there's no like, canon breaking thing in here. You could say it is, but um there's no seems to be a, a disconnect between aids of shield and and the main mcu with that said i think you can take a lot from what happens in Agents of shield because like you know I, I i'm fuzzy on like what actually happens but i know the dark comes into effect ghost riders on the scene and there's a lot of crazy devil stuff happening and then there's lmds and the lmds are the only people that can read it because they're robots, and then one of the LMDs reads it and then becomes super evil and then creates this whole like alternate dimension. It's crazy. All right. It's crazy. All I'm saying is yes. dark hole bad, dark hole very, very bad. And you know, I worry for Wanda reading this thing page turners, it is. Um, and uh, going off on this uh, dark hole binge because uh, it could be dangerous.
0: Man, I'm I'm really curious because if she was doing all of these things under chaos power then what kind of power will she possess when she's finished studying the darkhold
1: i mean agatha said that she's more powerful than the, su- the sorcerer supreme
0: that was she... a, that was a nice little reference i was just hoping for a little more cumberbatch than that
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we've been we've been uh Cumberwatch has been not fully, uh, fully served lately. Um, but we're gonna get him in the future. I'm just curious how he's gonna. You know, what's his excuse? Like, you know, what's he been doing? He's been on vacation or something.
0: I mean, after saving the universe, wouldn't you take a vacation?
1: That's a, that's a, that's 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 a that's a fair point. Fair point. Man, I know. I'm, I'm, Wong is pissed off wherever he is. Wong is like. I didn't get my tuna club and (laughs) also you had a job strange. What the hell are you doing? You had one job. One
0: job. Well, I mean, Wanda really what's what's funny is this episode was or this this series was literally so self-contained that you didn't really need to bring in anyone else to intervene. Like By creating the Hex, she kind of created her own little corner of the world, her own little corner of the universe, and only people who knew what was going on were the ones who were privy to it. As far as everyone else was concerned, the business in Westview was just business as usual. There wasn't anything weird going on, there wasn't anything weird coming out of that quiet little town, so... You know, uh the who who cares really? Nobody seemed to care until, you know, Sword and the FBI showed up. Right. Right.
1: And, you know, it's uh you know, and the inhabitants of Westview is something that uh very interesting. I almost thought and people were talking about it, I thought they were gonna go like a because Monica gets her powers from going through the barrier. Yeah. I thought like everybody inside got affected somehow. And, like they were gonna bring like mutants into the MCU somehow. this is this is wild fan theory territories. I should not be disappointed it doesn't happen because this is crazy talk, but you know, the whole idea of that and you know, I, I don't know, there's a lot a lot going on and they do a lot with the with the with the final episode where they're like, she like wakes them up and they're like, you know and then and then they're kind of looking at her when she leaves town at the end, and I'm like, they're wow, just, they're they're, they're kind of like subdued. I would have think they would be like rioting against her.
0: I honestly thought that when she did finally awaken them that they were going to revolt. The way that they all kind of closed in and started telling her about how they have the same nightmares that she does and stuff, like my gosh, the subversion and the manipulation that she exerted over an entire town is just ridiculous.
1: and and she is seen as a villain now by those people like she's not the good guy no she realizes she made a mistake but so do they
0: right she's not an avenger to them anymore like she she is a villain in the town of westview and what's interesting is now that they are free the legend has the opportunity to spread and word of mouth is going to get around which is why i think she went into isolation. Like not not just so she could harness her powers, but I think because she knew that the chaos she caused in her grief was enough to cause more pain than she feels like she should be responsible
1: for. And this, dis- despite Hayward being an absolute douchebag and a liar, um, but he had a point there at the beginning, talking about her history, and talking about the fact that she volunteered to be, you know, an agent of HYDRA, and you know, was doing all these things, and was fighting the Avengers, you know, the first thing. Like, she has a pretty dark history, and that could easily be twisted into, like, oh yeah, she's always been a villain. She just had this little area in there where she joined the Avengers and was doing good things. Like, and now with Westview, it's you can imagine she's she's going to be a bad guy. And you know, something else I th- I thought about recently was the idea like, who else has been been stuff not necessarily did a bad thing but was framed for something and now is being made out to be a villain? Some guy not too far away in New York, Mister Peter Parker, yeah, is dealing with being vilified by the public. Yeah, and uh, you can't can't help but wonder if like you know they'll have some 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 therapy between them, <laughs> Peter and, and Wanda get together.
0: Well, I mean, the the next two movies. I mean, uh, we're gonna get Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings coming out pretty soon, and we're gonna get the uh, the the movie with um, Black Widow is still due to come out.
1: Yeah, Black Widow, Spider Man No Way Home is the official title now.
0: Spider Man No Way Home is is officially been announced, and and that is in production, and we're also gonna get the the Doctor Strange movie. I can't help but feel like WandaVision and Wanda's appearance in Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange and Spider-Man kind of going back to back. I feel like those three movies are all going to be rather intertwined. So, yeah, maybe there will be some self-guided counseling in the midst of all that. Maybe not. But uh, it, it definitely leaves that potential out there for those types of interactions to happen
1: yeah for sure. well i mean if the rumors are to be believed like there's going to be a lot of multiverse stuff in no way home possibly and dr strange is going to be in that movie and you know it's kind of funny that they didn't like just from the sake of like dr strange kind of being the glue the whole all this together you would think he would show up in wandavision then he you know he obviously leads into multiverse of madness then no way home like you know that whole thing could have been an overarching thing, and obviously it's more than one character. But you know, it's uh, you know, it's still. I don't want to keep harping on Cumberbatch, all right? I really like the guy, and I wanted him to be in this show. Yeah,
0: I, I did too. I I did too. But I mean, I can't really fault them for paying attention to Wanda and Vision. So let let's talk about the Vision then, because one of the big things that happened in this final episode was we got to see uh, the Vision against the white vision, which was a very interesting battle because as we learned in this finale, the, the vision that we've been watching is a manifestation of the remnants of the mind stone that lives in Wanda. Yeah. And the, the vision that sword was in possession of was just the shell without the memories and without the mind stone. And so it was, it was a very interesting yeah. battle between two halves of one whole that led to some really interesting fighting and some really interesting dialogue.
1: Yeah, it uh it was really great to just see that because I I've heard about and seen like images of that white vision for forever from the comics. Um it was cool to see that in live action and you know the the whole reveal of like oh yeah, you know, it was all a ruse. You know Hayward was lying. You know, you know Wanda really did just create her vision out of you know whatever it was. It was a a manifestation of her emotions. It wasn't just like oh, you know she's she's reanimating a dead body. Um, and they brought the new White Vision up, and you know making him this kind of emotionless, just killer guy. Like really good, and that whole scene. In the, what was it, the library where they're just talking and they talk about the ship. It's like, oh, this is this is great. OK, I'll, Paul Bettany, I forgive you for trolling us about eight. That stupid. You know, oh, there's an actor I really think because he actually did play really well with himself.
0: Oh, he did. He did because not only did he have to play the vision, but he had to play like the vision in two different styles because one is more stoic and computerized. And the other one is is more emotion driven, and so it was it was almost like the classic mirror sequences of old TV, but now with with CGI, you're able to have dialogue with yourself, basically, and that was that was really cool to see. And you know, it, the, the conversation about the I think it's called the Ship of Theseus, is what they yeah, call yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: About how there's a, there's a ship in a museum, and as the wood rots. Uh, it, it gradually gets replaced, and the more parts get replaced, is it still the same ship? Like, it's a really interesting philosophical debate. Like, is this still the same ship? It has the same dimensions, it has the sh- same history, but it's not made of the same materials anymore. Is it still the same ship? And it was, it was just a really, really fascinating dialogue between the two of them as the White Vision comes to some self actualization, some self realization. As Vision is able to tap into its memory cores, and you see some of the flashbacks of the different things that the Vision has experienced, and you're like, mm-hmm. wow, that man went through a lot. And uh, what's really weird is he just kind of disappeared. Like, we don't really see his fate. We don't know what happened to him.
1: He's just, he's just kind of gone. Like, yeah, I mean, and he has, he has all the memories of Vision in the Hex. Right. He has that thing. So essentially that vision survived The vision lives, you know, in one form or another. Um, and so that whole thing, I, I love the whole, like, like they, he goes in there, you know, his whole mission is to, to destroy the other vision. And then vision starts talking to him. He's like, I require elaboration. Like no matter how, what they did to him, They still couldn't pull the true vision out of him. And, you know, I love the the like the very literal like you know this most human version of vision that we've seen going against this most robotic version of we've ever seen and then being able to meet in the middle basically and you know come to an agreement that like, you know, we're 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 both vision. You know, we're both two parts of the same thing. And now they're one because, you know, he was a memory and he's gone, but the white vision persists and, you know, it'd be interesting because he, he can, or at least the old version could change his color. So like, I'm assuming, you know, like, is he going to continue on without, you know, his emotions and his color? How's he going to come back into play? You know, what's, right. what's going to happen with him? You know, cause now he's out in the world and he has all these memories and, you know, so is Wanda. So.
0: Yeah, but we see what comes of Wanda. We don't see what comes of Vision. So I can't help but wonder if we end up seeing the white Vision again in one of the future movies or TV shows in some capacity. Like, Marvel's not the type to just make a character disappear for no reason. He's got to be coming back in some form.
1: I would imagine he'll... I, I I would assume as soon as maybe even Multiverse of Madness, him showing back up and maybe getting more of a resolution, or, you know, uh, uh, more of a definite, like, okay, this is his purpose now. You know, maybe he rejoins the Avengers, whatever. And, you know, maybe it's not as a storybook ending as we want it to be. You know, maybe they come around. I think in the comics, like, it's very, like, tumultuous. Like, Wanda and Vision get a divorce because (laughs) Vision's like, um... I don't do that love thing anymore, so, uh, you know, whatever. But he has his memory, so maybe this will change him.
0: It, it's so fascinating to, to take a look at this incarnation of the Vision, though, because even though he doesn't, quote-unquote, do these, these these certain emotions, you can definitely tell by the way he carries himself and his mannerisms. that He does care about what happens here. Yeah. And Absolutely. All, all the way up to the point that when it came time to say goodbye, you actually saw a tear trickling down his cheek. <sighs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so, man, so just incredible. Like, I love that character and, you know, what they've done with him so far and what they did with him here is just so good.
0: Did you know that Paul Bettany almost gave up acting?
1: He did. I, I've heard him tell the story about him like i think it was an agent or something told him like you're you're never going to work again and then he got the vision job
0: well he got the he got the jarvis job at first he 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 did the jarvis gig once or twice and wasn't finding much anything else and then they offered him vision in age of ultron and the next thing you know he's an avenger yeah and, and he's got his own tv show And and he's having a cameo with himself, which is crazy. Like, imagine going from being told that you're never going to act again to being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What a change in careers for Paul Bettany. That's just amazing.
1: And you know what's funny is I remember distinctly watching Age of Ultron. You know, I don't know if it was the first, second, or third time I watched the movie, but, like, remembering... Watching it, I, of course, I've kind of gleaned a lot of comic book knowledge, even though I don't read the comics. I, I've gleaned all knowledge from you know, podcasts or whatever, and I always heard about okay, yeah, Wanda and Vision they had a relationship in the comics, and then you get to that point in the movie where she's in the she's on Sokovia, he swoops down and picks her up, and I'm like, oh, look at that cool little nod to the comics, you know, where you know obviously they're they're making you know they're, they're making you know lights of their relationship that's never gonna turn into anything though you know th- they're never actually gonna do that that would be weird a robot and a woman that's just that's just weird and stupid and they're never actually gonna do that and then <laughs> here we are Now, <laughs> wrong i was
0: i mean they did a robot and a woman in star trek the next generation so i mean the precedent's definitely there
1: that's true that's true so but, uh yeah. i guess it was about time
0: Maybe not. Maybe not to this depth of this capacity, though, because not only are you exploring witchcraft, but you're exploring uh, the new sword division, which is like the replacement of shield. You're you're learning more about who Wanda is and what she's capable of. Like, there's there's a lot of stuff in this series that you kind of have to do some research on to make sure that you're on the same page with the storyline that's being told because if you're not, it can, it can spell trouble real quick and you kind of have to watch this show now in order to know what may happen next.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's gonna be the thing. It's like, you know, this is, this changes the MCU. This changes everything. And, you know, you're going to have to, you have to sit down and watch all this to get the full picture and and to know what's going on in Dr. Strange too. like, you know, this is big stuff.
0: Did you see the post that the WandaVision people on Twitter made about like all the eight or nine movies that they recommend you binge before you see this episode?
1: I did. I did.
0: I was like, you're lucky that I actually took time to read this, let alone actually fall through on it.
1: <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that.
0: Ain't nobody got time for that. I got too much other stuff I'm doing. I called two baseball games on the radio yesterday and called two more today. And I'm doing another one tomorrow on top of this, like trying to sit down and watch like seven, eight, nine movies and various TV show episodes. Like that just ain't going to happen.
1: <laughs> um, so I, I don't know if we've talked about her yet much, but, uh, Monica Rambeau yeah. is a character that I really, really enjoyed in the series. I will say for the finale, a little lackluster. Would have liked to have seen more of her, I think. She just has, like, one big moment where she stops some bullets because Hayward is just a complete psychopath, and he tried to shoot some kids, and uh, she stopped him. But, like, it's, uh, you know, I think her trajectory, I think, is going to be really interesting to follow over the next little while. I'm assuming she'll be in Captain Marvel 2, just comes out, I think, in November next year, and a bunch of other stuff.
0: November of next year, not November of 21.
1: Yep. 22. November 22. I looked it up.
0: Damn it. That's
1: a, we long. Got a little. We got a little while. That's a But hopefully we'll be able to go to the theater then.
0: Yeah. Maybe things will be at capacity by that time. We can How are you handling COVID, man? I feel like I haven't asked you that recently. Like, how is it a, like been been doing for you?
1: Um, so it's been good. I, um, I was at work yesterday and we are, even though our state has decided and our governor had decided, um, yeah, just leave the masks off. No big deal. I, I, think, yeah. I think, you know, I think you know how this is because, uh, I'm in Mississippi, you're in Texas. We both have governors on the same page, apparently.
0: Those are the two um, states.
1: Yep. So, uh. People are already kind of lax, have been lax for a few months, and now this is making it more lax, but we're holding firm on the whole mask thing, and uh, three people walked in. I'm like, um, you need to wear a mask, and the girl looked at me and rolls her eyes and walks out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, like, so- <laughs> you can't wear a mask for five minutes to get your food. Like, come on.
0: Some of these some of these stickers that say mask required are getting so used and so old that they're starting to look like all the other stickers now.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've been at this for a year and over yet.
0: Okay, going back, going back to Monica. um, I, I was very surprised to see Lieutenant Trouble make her way into the show.
1: It really was great.
0: It, it was it was so fun and actually gives some credence and some importance to Captain Marvel, not only for Monica's story, but also for Nick Fury's and the Krolls storyline. Like, eventually she's going to keep climbing the ladder until there's nothing left to climb. I can totally see that from. From. Uh, from from. Wow, I'm losing my words here. Help me, please. <laughs>
1: No biggie, no biggie. It
0: it, it makes me wanna go back and watch Captain Marvel, which is the first time that's happened in a while.
1: Yes. Yeah, me too, me too. I cause like I like Captain Marvel. I don't think I loved it. But like this has legitimately got me like, okay, I need to go revisit that movie. Like that was that was I need to go back and see how that and then people were like comparing her performance, like the the young actress actress's performance to uh Tiona Paris. And they're like, she's like spot on, like just incredible. <laughs> oh, so I yeah, I want to go back and revisit that and see how close they are. Crazy.
0: Well, um, she the, her her trips through the hex have caused her to be something a little bit more than she currently is. And uh, that was on display in the finale, as well as a host of other things. But that was that was also really fun to see.
1: Her getting her powers and going through the hex again, um, crazy. Like, you know, and, like, I'm curious, like, what is her powers? Like, we don't really see a whole lot of them. She can not die when she gets thrown to the ground. She can do a superhero landing. Um, she can block bullets, but that the bullets go through her and slow down? Like, there's a lot going on there and like it seems to be maybe Captain Marvel esque powers, but still different. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what her comic counterpart normally has, but like I'm I'm very interested to see. I'm just I just like the character. Like I think she's a great character and, and her her whole thing with you know her grief and losing her mother and all that stuff is really fascinating and heartbreaking and I think you know, and obviously she is not a biggest fan of Captain Marvel, as as seen in that one episode a little few weeks back where they're talking about Captain Marvel. Was like, we're not talking about her. And Darcy and Jimmy are like, whoa, OK, who what who pissed in your cornflakes?
0: Mm-hmm. Which is a phrase I'm probably going to pick up and start using, by the way.
1: I just just hit me again. Like, that's a thing I can say.
0: Leave it to Marvel and the IPC podcast to reveal that type of stuff, though.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: What do, you, what, do you, what do you see her doing with those powers, though? Do you see her staying with S.W.O.R.D., or do you see her moving on to something
1: else? Well, you know, there is, there is what's going on in space with Fury, like at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home, which is happening around this time, or no, it happens a good bit after this. I think they said like it's like eight months after the the blip, where, you know, Peter goes on his trip and everything like that, and then Fury's off in space with a bunch of scrolls, like, and then we're led to believe that like Fury's back, he's, you know, in space around Earth, and she's gonna go, you know, meet up with him, and I think, uh, you know, maybe maybe Carol is not in the picture, maybe they got to go find her or something like that, like I mean, she's she's got cosmic like powers now. You know, I'm just curious, like, could this mean could she be joining the Avengers sometime? You know, what what does this mean for her character overall, you know, as to where her trajectory goes and where she ends up?
0: Well, let, Let's shift gears to someone that was helping Captain Rambo here during this series, and that is Dr. Darcy Lewis. And she also had some help from uh, a Ant-Man alumnus in Jimmy Woo who, it turns out, actually had some pretty decent reinforcements that showed up for him at the uh, end of the episode. I don't know where those friends were in the first place. Was he supposed to be like the FBI uh, liaison or something? Because he was like the only FBI agent at S.W.O.R.D. HQ. And he called for backup rather easily at the end of that episode. But, uh, you know, Darcy ended up kind of helping save the day with uh, with her brawn more than her brain by uh, by crashing into Hayward's truck. So uh, the two of them proving their worth time and time again over the course of this this series.
1: I love the gag at the end. I didn't even catch it the first time where he's like, you know, oh, I've got reinforcements coming in within the hour. He's like, you're bluffing. And Jimmy's like, am I? And he just, you know, and he goes over and then he gets his own, he gets uncuffed and he's like, um, hey, Cliff, can you, can you be here within the hour? <laughs> like, he's just totally making it up as he goes.
0: Oh, and that, that's such a Jimmy Woo thing to do, too. Like, based on the improvisation that he had, you know, done and experienced previously, this is, is totally within his character. And it was awesome. Um, but it, it was also really awesome to know that he's got that type of pull you know he's got that kind of influence mm. and and when they were trying to save westview and, and and do the do the recoup type of thing at the end of the episode he was the one delegating where the different stations and offices go and you know people were like leadership looks good on you jimmy so uh i i think this isn't the last we've seen of of jimmy Woo, not by a long shot but i just don't know in what capacity we're gonna see him in i would hope that dr lewis shows back up um in in something else, she definitely deserves to after having such a long absence between now and her previous appearance. Like it was it was cool bringing her back. But now let's let's keep her there because she's she's smart. She's entertaining. She's witty. She's, you know, becoming a bit of a fan favorite. I I definitely think it's worth keeping both of them around in the MCU in, in some capacity.
1: I think it was brilliant brilliant writing and brilliant continuity to bring in those characters you know jimmy and and darcy because they really could have been anybody you could have just had you know a new character you could have had you know a new you know uh astrophysicist or whatever darcy is and you know a new you know fbi agent but like they went out of their way to like get these actors that you know Or, you know, say what you will about the Thor movies, especially those early Thor movies, but, like, Darcy is great in them. Like, she's actually legitimately funny. I I like her character. And Jimmy Woo is freaking awesome. And I recently went back and watched Ant-Man and the Wasp just because of him, and he's great in it. Um, So, like, I, I love the fact that, like, they brought them back and they're kind of, like, you know, gave new meaning to their characters. Like, you know, Darcy was just connected to... Thor and it's just like, oh, yeah, whenever Thor's around, you know, she shows up. But like, no, she's bigger than that. Like she's she's got a she's got a doctorate now. Like she's big time. She's been to school and everything like that. Like she's she's a a serious doctor now. So like, yeah, it's great to have her back and hopefully she'll have even bigger thing. And I'm wondering, did her cells get affected by going through the barrier? Does she have powers? Did she go through the barrier
0: or did she go through the gap in the barrier?
1: She went through she, the she barrier. Did,
0: she did face through it. I, I forgot. Yeah. You're right. Cause she
1: got because the guy handcuffs her to the thing and she's like, oh, fudge. Yeah, And it goes over her like a bunch of people. But like, I don't know. I think the idea that they were trying to make it with it was that Monica got powers because she went in, came out, then went back in. Yeah and she went through multiple times and that that's a no no.
0: I guess so because they they said that it rewrote her cells on a molecular level. So she's she's basically a a, a hero now. Like she's she's going to she's going to be a powered person, which is cool. Like she definitely deserves that after after all that she's been through, like to to be a person of powers herself and to learn those powers and to to find ways to, you know, make a difference based on based on those things like i i think that's that's really cool for her character and and just um something that gives us something to look forward to you know like yeah like 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 when the when the scroll points up just a generic pointing up you're like up are you taking her to heaven oh space i get it now and you know the thought of her being a powered person learning how to interact with other powered people um i can't i can't wait to see what she shows up in next
1: yeah and again like the place of Monica Rambeau, it really could have been anyone else. It could have just, it could have just been a random, oh yeah, this other person and you know, oh yeah, she lost her mom and she's this agent for sword or whatever. But like they played the long game. Like they, I would assume they, they had this in mind when they put her in Captain Marvel, which like, okay, yeah, we're going to, you know, she's going to be an adult one day and she'll be in the modern day. And you know, she'll be a cool character. She gets to have powers like that's, that's great. That's great continuity.
0: Yeah. They're they're continuing with the trend of, Hey, we are looking at this long-term, not just short-term. So I, I appreciate them for doing that. Even if it does mean that binging the MCU is going to be a lot harder to do now that we've got nine episodes of content in the middle of all the 20 something movies that are going on. Um, I, I want to go to the questions and the and the comments that have been in the eleven thirty eight chat that I just haven't been able to get to because of my um, attention being elsewhere. If you'll understand <laughs> the, between the lines, he says that's going to be very difficult. You're very right, Chad. And he says since Vision can manifest clothes like an Age of Ultron, do you think he becomes the new Vision with the colors of the old one? Uh, I think he, I think he has the memories of the old Vision now but i I don't know if he'll change colors or not because you've got to be able to distinguish between the two of them in some regard, and there's probably no better way to do it than what the vision is actually dressed up in, which is which is that that all white plating and armor so uh, I don't see it changing, but I'm also not the one that makes the decision so
1: yeah I I think, well, you know, it's kind of an ongoing trope and, and kind of a mythological thing, with just like, you know, Vision's brought back to life, but, you know, and, and people cheat death in movies, but there needs to be consequences. There needs to be, like, you can't just, like, yeah. if you bring Vision back and he's exactly the same as he was, then what was the point in killing him? You know, and it, it cheapens death. I think at least for a while he will be this kind of emotionless... You know a Tom automaton weapon, dude, and maybe eventually he'll get back to the way he was because obviously they'd kind of like remedy the idea he's alive and he doesn't have the Mind Stone. And I mean that's probably part of the reason why the the Westview Vision couldn't come out because like the the Mind Stone's been destroyed. Like you know you can't mess with that stuff. We've already learned that the all the Infinity Stone stuff is is pretty uh, is pretty detrimental to the universe. So like. You know, I think eventually maybe, but, you know, like, how does that come together and how does how does Wanda and Vision's relationship go on after, you know, when it's like this?
0: Right. Like that. That's the other interesting thing to to consider, because we heard Tommy and Billy's voice in that post credit scene. Yeah.
1: Like Like, how? uh... Like, what is she doing with that? Like, what is she? Obviously, she's reading the Darkhold. She's gaining more knowledge of her powers because that's what Agatha tells her. It's like you you don't lack power. You lack knowledge. And so she's got the knowledge. Like, what could she do and what? Could she possibly find a way to do Westview, but the correct way and like bring back her kids You know, back to life in a way that doesn't require them staying inside a red bubble. Or
0: what if she is learning how to tap into alternate universes where Tommy and Billy actually exist?
1: I I feel like that might be. Maybe that starts multiverse of madness. Maybe she starts tapping into the stuff and gets out of control. And Doctor Strange is sucked into it trying to stop her from doing this. And it gets out of hand. Like, and that would be a, that would be a big motivation for her is trying to get Billy and, and Tommy back.
0: That would be really interesting because, you know, even Agatha was kind of setting things up where theoretically Wanda could appear as a villain type. She already is to the people of Westview. And what if she gets such tunnel vision about trying to bring back the the peace that she felt for a time in in the Westview bubble that she's willing to tamper with other realities in order to get to it what if multiverse of madness she becomes the villain
1: it's it's possible I I I, because you do have you have that conversation between vision between Wanda and Monica And, you know, it it doesn't last very long because Agnes interrupts it, but she ends by saying, like, you know, Monica's like, don't don't let Hayward make you the villain. And, and, you know, Wanda's like, well, maybe I already am. You're right. And then by the end, like, she realizes what she's done is wrong, but she's still seen as the villain. She feels shame for that. And she still is grieving. Now she's grieving more because she has she. She didn't have the kids previously, and now she's lost them. So now she's lost even more than she did prior to creating Westview. Mm -hmm. So, like, how does she deal with that? And ultimately, when she has all this limitless power, seemingly, she might use it for some selfish reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, think about it. She's lost her brother. She's lost Vision twice now. And now she's lost her twin boys, too. Yeah, like the more the, what's funny is the more she tries to manipulate reality, the more hurt she becomes
1: and the more hurt she causes to other people, too. Yes. And did she really did she learn that lesson? Did she learn the lesson of like, I have to move on? That's I mean, I guess that's the lesson of one division is like, I have to move on with my life. I can't keep going back this because every time I try to go back and fix things It just screws things up further, and now people are getting pulled into it, and people are getting hurt because of this. But what if she gets in the dark hole and she starts getting all this dark magic stuff and realizes what she can do, and you know, gets power hungry? You know, she could be, she could be a a genuine villain, but a sympathetic villain because you know, we we know her. We know Wanda can be good, but you know she can still do bad things and go down a dark path and you know maybe maybe that's all you know what you're talking about you know maybe dr Strange has to pull her back from that
0: it certainly seems plausible that that's the that's the part that i'm most intrigued by is the notion that someone who was an avenger has a dark enough path laid out before her that she could end up becoming the antagonist in another film because of the chaos that she is causing with her tunnel vision. I guess that's the best, I guess that's the best word I got for it. She is hyper-focused on finding ways to overcome the grief, but she doesn't really want to do it by traditional means. And so, yeah, they could do group therapy with Peter Parker and Dr. Strange, but That wouldn't make for a very good movie. I I think Elizabeth Olsen has showed her chops in this show even more so than she did in something like Infinity War. Oh, yeah. And she now has the prowess and the range to be able to be the antagonist of a film. And I know that my, my fan theories haven't been the most accurate as of late. But <laughs> I, I feel like it's possible, especially considering she was one of the first people to be cast in the new Doctor Strange movie. Everybody just seemed to assume that the two of them would be working together. But what if Strange actually ends up having to find a way to take her down because her power is growing too exponentially even for her own good
1: because what's what's worse than a super evil awesome villain that wants to destroy the world and you gotta stop him what's worse than that a villain that has gone that is actually a good person deep down but has you know fallen down a dark path and you know and you don't want harm to come to that person you care about that person and after wandavision We deeply care about Wanda and it's going to be super tragic. If she starts going towards the dark and does some even more bad things possibly, and you know, has to be pulled back from the brink and that could be a huge plot point. I just, I can't imagine her. That looks like her astral projecting her body (laughs) and sitting in a little bubble reading the dark hold. Like that's, straight up villain move i'm sorry there yeah, is some exactly. weird bad stuff happening there and i can only imagine there's gonna be some bad stuff that come of that
0: exactly if the dark hold is such a a serious book as you seem to understand from agents of shield and as agatha would would uh, declare in this series then to have somebody you know, basically Astral projecting a part of you to be living a normal life and the other part of you holed up in a cabin in the middle of nowhere studying this ancient text, then yeah, that probably spells trouble with a capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just had to. We, we, I've, I've never made a Music Man reference in the history of this show. 319 episodes. I am due. There you go. Especially since River City is kind of that small town vibe that gets disrupted by one really, really bombastic person. And uh, that, 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 I mean, yeah, Wanda kind of takes over the city with her powers and manipulation. But, I mean, Professor Harold Hill kind of takes over this River City with his manipulation and his charisma. So, I don't know. Maybe there's some parallels in there. Maybe I'm just grasping my straws. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, mentioned, I mentioned Agatha, and I feel it's worth bringing up her character and seeing uh, how, how she turned out in this season finale. I keep alternating between season and series because I want to believe that there is more of this story to be told, but at the same time, there really isn't like it ties it all up in a neat little bow and there are different directions that these characters can go moving forward. But I don't know if a second season of WandaVision is really warranted, particularly because of what they do to Agnes. Like yeah, Ag- 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 Agatha Harkness kind of meets her quote unquote demise in a, in a really, really interesting way that I'm kind of a fan of, honestly.
1: Yeah. And like I'm glad they didn't kill her off. I'm glad she's there, and uh, you know the whole idea. Like literally, Wanda saying like, "Hey, if I need you, I'll come back for you." Like, I, I think Catherine Hahn as that character was brilliant, and she's extremely powerful and very evil. And like, I think you'd be it, like the fact that she's there. You know, leaves the door open for like, hey, Wanda could come back and awaken her. Somebody else could awaken her. She could. Maybe break out herself and do even more crazy stuff in the future. You know, one thing that I want, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there really quickly. What I want is for Catherine Hahn to show up in multiverse of madness, but she's not playing Agatha Harkness. She's actually playing Doc Ock. Oh, for those who don't know. Katherine Hahn voices Doc Ock, the female version, live in Spider-Verse. I remember I, I want that in live action. They have to do it now. Do they? Or no or no way home if there's multiverse stuff in that. Well, but here's here's
0: here's here's my concern. I don't think they've ever done two different versions of one villain before. I I, like or or, or one character in in general, like like, yeah, there's two different versions of 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 Doc Ock, but there's also like two different versions of Spider-Man, you know, like Miles Morales. And they don't really do anything with. With uh, with Miles Morales's character so that they don't create a conflict of interest, but. I've heard that Alfred Molina is supposed to be coming back, and he played Doc Ock in the original Tobey Maguire Spider-Man.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's that. And so, they've, they've wh- apparently got uh, uh, possibly, what is it, Jamie Foxx is coming back as Electro? Yep. So there's, there's a lot of like old school villains coming back.
0: Well, there's there's a lot there's a lot of returning stuff because you, you've got those. Yes. And then you've also got Michael Keaton as the vulture. And they kind of teased at the Scorpion character at one point in one of the mid credits or post credits sequences. And if you're able to bring in, say, Wilson Fisk from the Daredevil universe, get <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> in the show. You could end up having a movie where Spider-Man is going up against the Sinister Six, and the six of them are all different villains from different universes combining to make up the Sinister Six.
1: It could be. It could be. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe what Wanda ends up doing, like break something in this universe where you know now stuff gets starts you know folding into the universe and characters start popping up out of nowhere and that's what spider-man has to deal with
0: right right and that's why there is so much potential for for crossover and and bringing a lot of comprehensiveness to it because uh, like phase four is seemingly centered around multiverses and and on reality manipulation we saw it with the fake reality that wanda created in this series and we're going to see it in the multiverse of Man as it's literally in the title so i i think there is definitely the potential for that but we're gonna have to wait and see i want to go over to the chat really really quick because there are some comic type questions going on and i want to know if oh. you have any thoughts on this um George asks if we're going to see anything from the House of M storyline, which I really know very little about. But but he says the reason I ask is because House of M deals with Wanda losing her children. And due to that, she goes completely crazy trying to recreate them. Stephen suggests that perhaps that can be repurposed. And I would be inclined to agree. Like, she seems to have gone kind of crazy with the study of the Darkhold there at the end of the post credit scene. And it's entirely possible that there could be some variant of that coming up in some capacity.
1: I, I don't know much about the House of M. But without spoiling anything, I have heard that WandaVision is heavily influenced by that comic. Mm -hmm. And in 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 conclusion, there's there's room for what George is saying, I think, to actually come to pass is that, you know, they're they're taking this stuff from the comics. This has happened in the comics. And, you know, that would be a huge thing. You know, you see the relationship that she has with, you know, those kids. It's got to have an effect on her. And that you know that you're hearing their voices at the end that's that's no. that's not an accident. There's something going on there. She's trying to get them back now and now instead of creating trying to create vision, she's going to be obsessed with trying to bring her kids back
0: well i I think she knows that the white vision is out there, and so I think she's less concerned with him at the present moment, but he um I think he will definitely make a return. It's the boys that you really need to worry about because it's possible that the boys could be a part of what brings the white vision back into their quote unquote family. You know what I mean? Right. Like if the if the boys are there, then they can be the ones that make the appeal division vision. And be like, you don't remember us, daddy. Like that. That kind of thing, which credit where it's due. Those two young men. I don't know their names, but they are both fantastic actors. They have super bright, promising careers, and I hope that they don't become just child actors. I hope that they grow into potential roles in the MCU, for crying out loud. They, they
1: are so they good. Are,
0: they are so, so good. And I really, really enjoyed them. And I tried to talk about Agatha earlier. Let's kind of circle back to her if we can. Yeah. Steven says that uh, Agnes's smile at the very end was, was creepy as heck. But I really liked her demise being turned back into Agnes as her form of punishment. Like, she has, she basically has Wanda relive her living hell of a life, and then tries to steal her powers from her, and then Wanda basically makes her pay for it in the most poetic justice way possible
1: oh yeah like (laughs) it's uh it's a hell of a way to uh to uh basically imprison her there Mm -hmm. you know she's got all this power but uh you know now she's gonna stay there for a while and, and she was she was it's funny she was the one person you know even outside of wanda that was like not what was in on it was there by choice and was playing along now she's the only person there who isn't playing along she is literally playing a character unbeknownst to her and everyone else is normal
0: yep well but everybody is going to see her as just a regular person and not as a witch and what's funny is i think because she's already cast certain incantations on her She's not going to age, so she will be like this ageless wonder and probably be a marvel in the town, but nobody's really going to notice that ageless Agnes has something strange about her, and I I do think that Katherine Hahn will come back in some capacity. She was too good of a character to pass up on using her in some other capacity like yeah. I think she will return but I think one of my favorite sequences in the finale we've complained about some of the different aspects of the finale um in depth particularly the whole non cameo appearances by certain characters as well as the uh you know the, the kind of a cop out of what happens with uh with Evan Peters but I do think That um, when they're having their big fight scene and Wanda says, you know, take it, you can have it. She's ready to, quote unquote, relinquish her powers. And then you find out that she cast a whole bunch of big ass runes on the walls (laughs) of the hex and basically flips the tables on Agatha and be like, thanks for the lesson now i'm the one that's cast the runes and you are powerless i was like yes
1: it would have been even more hilarious if it like she just dropped out of the sky at that point <laughs>
0: oh, like a, like an old cartoon where a bird realizes he can't flap his wings anymore and just like, like, like looks rampant.
1: down looks down like uh-oh <laughs> <She> just... <laughs> yes oh. <it's>,
0: yes exactly <laughs> Like uh, like Isma from the Emperor's New Groove. She she dives out over the ledge to try and get the vial. And then she realizes she's a cat. She goes, oh, oh,
1: yeah, it's like, you know, the old, like ca- cartoon logic of like a character can't fall until mm. they look down.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly that. Exactly that. But it was still great nonetheless that she's just up there and there's like, hmm, nope, nothing I can do about this. And it was, it was just, it was so good. I was like, did she cast runes? And then they do the big panning shot of the different walls of the Hex, and I was like, she
1: cast runes! That is awesome! And she's so overconfident, like, she knows she's doing, she's the one person, you know, she knows Wanda has power, but she can manipulate her, and then Wanda just turns the tables on her, and it's so satisfying.
0: Mm-hmm. The one lesson that Agatha tries to, like, very... Uh, I, I wouldn't say... She was very cocky about it. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, dear, didn't you know that only the witch who cast the runes can use her powers? Like, very sassy, very saucy, very rude. And then Agatha takes it and is like, oh, oh, damn. And Wanda's like, Yeah. I know that's vague. I know that's vague, but when you watch it, you know exactly what I mean. Like she was she was just very very cocky about the whole thing. And it was fun. And I that was probably one of my favorite parts of of the whole thing was just how she basically outwitted the person who was outwitting her for a time. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's just really satisfying and I don't know. I'm looking forward to one day maybe getting those characters back together. You know, I can't imagine I got the hardness will be a character that that goes away forever. And obviously, Wanda's going to be in play for a good while longer. She's got a lot of work to do for good or ill.
0: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, she she's got more story to tell. Obviously, we got to do a flashback and see what's happened to her prior. But now we have an opportunity to see what can happen to her in the future. She's definitely got a future ahead of her. And it'll be fun to see um, exactly what
1: happens there.
0: Absolutely. Are there any any other characters that you feel like are worth making note of?
1: Oh, man. Um, there's a lot of good characters. Like, you know, I love the whole supporting cast. I love... Uh, I forget the the actor's name and the actual person's name, but uh, okay. it's uh, Herb is great. Um, there's uh, the, the guy that the vision pulls out of the thing and talks to him for a second in the oh, office. Norm? Norm, my God, that guy is an incredible actor, like the performance he gives. It's just fa- fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. switches back
1: and forth it's just great
0: what about um what about a favorite era you know as far as the progression of tv stories go was there like a a favorite house or a favorite sequence or a favorite you know costume scheme or something like that that you enjoyed the most
1: i look i've grown up on bewitched it's one of my family's favorite like old school series and it You know, it fits better than all the other ones because, like, that's literally is the plot of Bewitched is a witch living in modern society trying to fit in, and like taking that in, and in that, what was it the 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 third, the second, I think it was second episode, where uh, you know, it finally turns color, and you know, there's all that stuff going on, and it's straight up they, they just all of the the homages they hit perfectly, they just nailed the the aesthetic, the the color, the you know, the acting, you know, and, and just, you gotta hand it to especially Elizabeth Olsen for, like, playing, like, what is it, ten different characters throughout this series? Like, you know, each version of Wanda is different. You know, the <laughs> the modern family is, is a lot different than the 80s, you know, family ties version. Like, you know, there's just so much she does there. And on top of that, like, being the whole Scarlet Witch thing and this emotionally tortured person. Absolutely brilliant.
0: She's got some phenomenal depth to her character, which led to some some really great quotes from this show. And I, I do think that there was one quote in particular that stood out head and shoulders above the rest. And it came in the penultimate episode when we've got a flashback at Avengers headquarters, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of goes back to that. You know, we're familiar with the Avengers compound from Captain America's Civil War and goes back to that. But it's before that. It's right after Age of Ultron, I assume. And after she's kind of grieving about. You know, losing Pietro and Vision comes in and, you know, they're kind of witnessing all this. And, you know, it's it's this kind of first little bonding moment between Vision and Wanda that we'd never seen before. But Vision just frickin drops this truth bomb of a quote on us that I didn't see coming, but was so profound.
0: Absolutely. And uh, I think it's better if we just let Paul Bettany bring the line across more than I was trying to describe it. So, uh, without further ado, we're going to present to you guys tonight's quote of the night.
1: Wanda, I don't presume to know what you're feeling, but I would like to know. Should you wish to tell me? Should that be of some comfort to you?
0: What makes you think that talking about it would bring me comfort.
1: Oh, see I read that... uh... The only
0: thing that would bring me comfort is seeing him again. washing over me again and again it knocks me down and when I try to stand up it just comes for me again and I can't it's just gonna drown me no no
1: <laughs> it won't how do you know well because it can't all be sorrow, can it? I've always been alone, so I don't feel the lack. It's all I've ever known. I've never experienced loss because I've never had a loved one to lose. But what is grief, if not love persevering? It was very funny, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> Man, that whole scene has been like super memed. Not gonna lie. Like there have there have been a lot of those those panels where you're you they're pretending to watch a show of some kind and somebody will take a clip from something else and then caption it differently where it's like it's funny because da 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 da, da. and it'll it'll be like um from the first iron man movie you've got the the previous character that played rody and he's like next time and it's like it's funny because there isn't going to be a next time or something like that have you have you seen
1: those <laughs> i think i have i think i know what you're talking about
0: oh man those are funny and then yeah that that one truth bomb just has been circulating around the internet since it dropped such a fantastic quote, but my goodness, there are so many great quotes in, in this show. And it was really, really tough trying to choose just one because it's a, it's a really, really well-written series from, 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 from start to end. Even if I didn't agree with some of the storyline concepts, the way it was written and the way it was executed was just super well done and super fun all around.
1: Oh yeah, it's just the the everything from, you know, the grief line to it was Agatha all along, like just like, everything, like, everything about the show. <laughs> how
0: how many villains get their own theme song? Like literally with the name in it, like. Like, like you posted that tweet about the like the, the, the hall of fame for the best villain songs and uh, you know obviously Agatha all along was up there be prepared by by, by star Light king what, what were the other in there?
1: I, I, I was kind of you know because it, it's kind of like okay what is a theme song or what is like a song that they sing um, you know I obviously put the band in Oh, yeah, think, like, the Imperial Church. March. Yep, that's like... And there was several people that kind of threw in some of the after, because I, like, racked my mind on, like, how can I get, like, I need, like, one more good one. I threw in Kylo Ren, I do out uh, Kylo the lot. On. Oh, there was Oh, yeah, okay, that's that's some pretty good ones in there, because there's a lot of good film things out there, but Agatha, man, she's got one of the best. It really does,
0: and, and I love it doesn't have the name of Star in Like the only one that actually has the name of the villain in it would be like the Cruella de song from 101 Dalmatians. That's that's probably my favorite of these two. I love that. I love how in the final episode you actually are watching them watch the Dick Van Dyke Show because I have watched the Dick Van Dyke Show on Netflix countless times. And that particular episode with the walnut that they were watching together as a family is one hell of a trippy episode. (laughs) Like, I think I think he eats too many walnuts or something and then ends up having a nightmare about walnuts or something like that. And it is just it's creepy, even for even for Dick Van Dyke standards. So it's a it's a really good episode. And it, it got to take me on a little trip down memory lane, which was cool. And uh, I don't know. I think I liked that era the most, especially since it had Deborah Jo Rupp in it,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which was was cool to see. I wish that she had been around in the 70s era and had been able to drop the the word dumbass in there at some point. (laughs) But you can't have everything like that. That is fan casting to the maxing. But that would have been fun. But overall, it was still a really, really fun series. I, I guess I guess we go into to final thoughts and planet scores because <laughs> I know I know we're getting short on time, but honestly dude if I if I hadn't come down with whatever this thing is, I could talk about this show for another hour because
1: I feel you' there
0: there's there's so many things to break down and what's really cool is I've been able to geek out about this show in person with people like, it's, it's not something that I really get to do very often where I'm a fan of something and then, you know, a, a more casual fan is also a fan of it and is getting really, really into it. Like, um, my pastor's daughter is also the stat girl for the baseball team that I've been doing radio broadcasts for. So last Saturday, she came up to me and was like, have you been watching WandaVision? And I was like, yes. And she yes? was like, oh, it's so good. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it sure is. And so then I talked to her this morning, because I got up at like 7.30 a.m. or something, or 7 a.m. To, to watch this before I went to go do the baseball stuff. And I was like, yeah, I watched it. And she was like, I tried to watch it, but I overslept. So I only saw like the first 15 minutes of it. And I was like, let me know what you think. I'm going to be here at another game tomorrow. So... It's it's like a communal thing. It's a community thing where it's like, have you watched it? No, I haven't watched it. You need to watch it. Have you watched it? Yeah, I've watched it. Oh, it's so good. Like like that kind of thing. And I enjoy that because I didn't really get to do that with The Mandalorian. When I watched Mandalorian, I had to go into like Facebook group chats to talk to people about it and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: WandaVision seems to be a little bit more accessible, and they are really, really enjoying what they're watching. So... It gives me hope for Disney Plus originals and Disney Plus, you know, MCU series in particular. Um, we're going to be getting the Falcon and Winter Soldier in a couple of weeks, and then we're going to get Loki this summer. So there's going to be a lot of MCU content that we're going to be consuming this year, especially once, you know, we get Shang-Chi and once we get um, the the Black Widow movie, like there's going to be a lot of mcu content that's going to be consumed this year and a very hefty portion of it is going to be on disney plus
1: yeah and i tell you what uh wandavision going into this i wasn't super enthused about it i was like okay yeah of course i'll watch it but you know i don't think this is gonna be you know like incredible i think it's gonna be fun or whatever and like now i'm like Falcon, Winter Soldier, Loki—they have a lot to live up to. Yeah, I think this is an incredible start to the MCU on Disney Plus, and you know, if if they can somehow top this, I'll be, oh, I'll I'll be wowed even more than I am now.
0: Well, I I feel like the character dynamic that we're going to get from Bucky and Sam is going to be really good. But what's interesting is I've been finding out on different chat forums and message forums that we're looking at maybe only six episodes for this miniseries. Right. And I don't know what to make of that because it took a while before we got to like 45, 50 minute episodes in WandaVision. They started out as like closer to 28 to 33 or something like that. And if that's all that we're starting out with, with the Falcon and Winter soldier, I hope that's not the case because I heard the budget for this whole series like the the whole thing for Falcon and Winter Soldier was like 150 million dollars or something like that. Wow. Like it's cinematic quality same as this show was. Yeah. So you know, now that there's been a high standard set by this film, it's uh it's it's time to see if the others can deliver. Hopefully they will.
1: Yeah, I think uh Falcon and Winter Soldier and and Loki, I think I think they've got some some tricks up their sleeve that we don't we don't know about yet i think they're really hopefully will surprise us and hopefully they won't introduce another fox character and then tell us that it's actually not a fox character can you do that once for us feige
0: also uh our friend jake damon's fan theory about um uh reed richards showing up that didn't (laughs) happen john i was still holding out hope until the end Made no cameos, my friend. I'm sorry. He just he okay, oh, I'm on Twitter. He literally just tweeted 20 minutes ago. Pretty sure Reed Richards will be in the next episode. Hashtag WandaVision. <laughs> Jake,
1: with- Jake, you two you go down the rabbit hole, man. Come back. <laughs> oh man. Well By the got- way, really quick. Massive, massive congratulations. To Jake and his wife on the birth of their child. A gorgeous baby girl. In case you were wondering why Jake hasn't been on the show lately, you're like, hey, what's that guy been up to? Oh yeah, he'd been he been making a baby. Alright. <laughs> so and that it, it, baby is out. The baby is out.
0: That baby is beautiful. And congrats, yes, to him and Sharon. Oh yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a heck of a time for a baby to be born into the world, but if there was anybody that was up to the challenge, I would think it would be Mr. and Mrs. Damon. Oh, yeah.
1: They're going to be up. Uh, talk about great parents. They're going to be wonderful. They already are. They're and great. So they're, proud great of them. they're
0: great people, and I know they're going to be great parents, just based on, on what I know about each of them. Like they They are class acts. They are responsible. They are... You know, they've got a good head on their shoulders. Jake actually stepped away from this podcast so that he could prioritize his family. And I respect the hell out of that. You know, like, I'm sad that we don't have him on here to bounce ideas off of about WandaVision, but, you know, if... And I, I mean this with the utmost sincerity, Ben. If I had to choose between this podcast and and my family, I know what's coming first. <laughs> Like, there are just certain things in life that need to be prioritized over others. And I get that. Jake, uh, George says, shut the front door. I can't imagine Jake as a parent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, imagine it, because it's happening before our very eyes.
0: He's had his goofy moments for sure, that one. But I feel like Little Violet is, is going to make a huge impact on that man's life. And uh, if if it hasn't already. I think he posted a picture not too long ago where he's like, I'm still baffled by the idea that I helped make this human being.
1: (laughs) Well, if she's anything like her old man, she'll be a a hell of an artist and a hell of a podcaster one day.
0: And if she's anything like her mom, she'll be low key and hardworking. So, yeah. I, I think I think she's got a good pair of jeans on on both sides of the family. But enough talking about them. Let's talk about food before we yeah. call it night, shall we?
1: Yeah, let's do it,
0: ladies and gents. If you're listening live on Facebook or Mixler, time to get out your hashtags and put them in the chat. It is time for another rousing edition of hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue, barbecue,
1: barbecue, barbecue. Barbecue! Ba-ba-barbecue. Barbecue it. Barbecue it. Barbecue it. but barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. ba barbecue. barbecue Barbecue.
0: Barbecue. 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 Watch. Okay, this one's all you, bud, because you... Yep really put ben in parentheses in the show notes like this is your show but let's 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 do it
1: well yeah i'll I'll promise i won't take too long with this um because i could go on all night about this very topic but i I figured it was is good enough it was a good time as any to mention this because something else another superhero show that i've been enjoying lately that i was surprised by is superman and lois I don't know you guys know this, but I recently premiered on the CW, and yep. I have been very vocal, especially on this show, about my uh, complicated relationship with the Arrowverse and all those shows and the fact that I kind of gave up on them. I, I haven't been watching them. I, I gave up on The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and all those guys. I left them behind. I just couldn't get into them anymore. But this show, I think, has me hooked for two episodes in and it's really it's as you know kind of i think described in the trailers it's you know superman an older superman and it's you know it's tyler hecklin and he's back but he's obviously a bit older and he has kids and maybe those kids have powers or at least one of them has powers and you know they're they don't know he's superman and they're kind of dealing with that and it's basically like it's a reengineering of the mythos of Superman, you know, and and taking like his biggest problem isn't trying to stop Lex Luthor from blowing up the planet for the 10th time. It's
0: <laughs> it's it's him
1: trying to connect with his sons and keep his family together like that's his biggest issue. And it's I've, I'm really intrigued by it, man. It's really good. And the reason I bring it up on on barbecue watch is that in the second episode. Of the series. Don't give away too many spoilers for those who don't know, but there's some, some, a lot of drama going on in Smallville, and particularly with uh, Lana Lang and her husband, um, because she's married and has kids, because everybody's older and has kids in this show. And uh, they have a barbecue (laughs) out back and they invite Clark and Lois to go to a barbecue. And uh, there's some sparks between, there's a scene. Um, I, I'm maybe I'll throw the clip in, maybe I won't. Um, but you can go, you can watch it on CW right now if you want to. Um, it's uh, there's some sparks fly between Lois and Lana's dick husband. <laughs> and uh, really, and uh, he's supposed to be like this renowned like barbecuer, and everybody loves his food. But you know, he kind of makes a crack about, oh, we don't have tofu here. Like this is this is real barbecue. And Lois is like, yeah, I want a full rack of ribs. And she gets her full rack of ribs. So Lois Lane likes ribs, apparently.
0: Interesting. Very, very interesting. Also, thanks, George and Chad, for actually putting in the
1: hashtag. Hell yeah.
0: Uh, We actually have influence. Yeah, we're, we're influencers. Yeah.
1: We're controlling people like Wanda. We made them do things. Puppets on strings. We are
0: manipulative little cusses, aren't we? But I mean, I wouldn't mind a full rack of ribs. I, I would probably wait until my tum tum settles down before I try it, though. But
1: understood, understood. You no,
0: know, you know, dude. To to this day, to this day, and I will I will say this until somebody is able to prove me otherwise. To this day, your family's ribs that I had when I went there in December of 2015 to go see the Force Awakens. Your family's ribs are still the best ribs I've ever eaten.
1: That is incredible.
0: Like, I I mean that with the utmost sincerity. I have had trouble with, you know, stuff that's too tough or stuff that's too saucy or stuff that's too dry. But whatever you guys did with those particular ribs, I don't know if you hit the mark every single time. I, I feel like that's doubtful. Just the law of averages seem to be against you in that. But I vividly recall enjoying every single rib that i had when i was down there and i'm usually not that much of a ribs person but for that weekend i was so i get where lois is coming from if they're anything like your family's ribs they must have been good
1: they look pretty good for 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 tv show ribs they look pretty good yeah
0: tv show food can look a little weird sometimes
1: But uh, hey, go watch Superman and Lois. If, you, if, you're, if you're itching for some more superhero stuff and, and WandaVision is over now and you can't watch it anymore, um, I, I recommend it.
0: Well, uh, I heard that it just got renewed for a second season as well.
1: Really? Okay, that's great news. That is wonderful news. I, I genuinely think like this is the next big superhero network show genuinely
0: apparently apparently it's only got two episodes but the executives liked what they saw and they liked where the story was going enough that they have green lit a second season already yeah
1: it's a it's got a really good look to it like it's got it's got a decent budget to it like the cinematography is great um special effects is really good like some of the cw stuff admittedly it looks like tv but this looks way closer to like some shots you're watching Superman flying, it looks like Man of Steel. Like, it really looks great.
0: Well, that that is good to hear, because like you, I've had a tumultuous relationship with the CW, so my hopes aren't extremely high, but I'm I'm encouraged that it's got enough backing to warrant uh, a second season. My one question is this. Where the hell was the CW back in 2001 when a show like, Firefly was airing.
1: <laughs> why the the just where is the justice in the world? Why why couldn't we have a, a Firefly cinematic universe?
0: Speaking of justice, the Snyder cut comes out on HBO Max in a couple of weeks.
1: I've been hearing about that. It's freaking I, 4 hours long, it's square, I think.
0: I finally cut
1: on Netflix. I'm... I noticed, because I tried to sign into it,
0: and ah. it wasn't there! Ah.
1: I've been, I've been ah. mooching off his Netflix guys. <laughs> For, like, what, four years? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, I'll get an email that says, Did you just log in from Mississippi? And I'll just be like, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Even though I'm definitely not in Mississippi. Oh, man,
0: uh the... I, I, I can try and get you the, the other login, I, I feel like. No,
1: no, yeah. it's fine. This is, needs to be my breaking point. I need to let go, like Wanda. I can't keep hanging on. I gotta it, let it
0: go. Also, how poetic was it that as she recedes the hex, it ends up finally converging on her house? Like, instead of it being on the courtyard, they go back home together as a family, they tuck the kids into bed one last time, and the kids fall asleep in their bedroom as the hex consumes them. Like, it's not a scary moment, it's a peaceful moment. And I, I really appreciated the storytelling there that was like, hey, we're going to end this on a, on a high note, but still a dramatic one. I I appreciated the heck out of that.
1: You know, one question I do have that has nothing to do with it completely destroys the emotional aspect of this. But, like, why couldn't she just put a hex around that house and just keep it that way?
0: Well, because then the boys would never get to go trick-or-treating. They would never get to go to school. She'd have to homeschool them or something like that. And we all know how those blasted homeschool kids turn out. Those kids are weird.
1: Yeah, they're better off dead than getting homeschooled.
0: I'm telling you, (laughs) they don't they just they don't get enough socialization and they turn out to be deadbeats and unsuccessful and socially awkward and all these other things that just a bunch of weirdos. Yeah, all these other stereotypes that are being thrust upon homeschoolers. I'm (laughs) telling you, man. By the way, folks, if you don't know the context of that, Ben and I were both homeschooled. (laughs) We're allowed to make those jokes. There's
1: some homeschool kids out there listening to this going like, oh my God, how dare they?
0: They're turning <laughs> is, this off. Who is it that, that makes those, those types of homeschool jokes? Is it Blimey Cow?
1: Blimey Cow, they're all like homeschoolers. They like they make homeschool all, jokes.
0: They were all homeschoolers making homeschool jokes. <laughs> uh, okay. S- quick story time before we call it a night. Um, my, my girlfriend met my family last week. Oh. And as a way of, like, initiating her into the family, we spent, like, an hour looking up silly songs with Larry on YouTube and putting them on the Chromecast.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: And at one point, the entire room was singing along to Mr. Lunt's his cheeseburger, except for her.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds like a great time.
0: It was a great time for us, but I was seriously worried she wasn't going to text me the next day.
1: <laughs> oh man, what am I gotten myself into?
0: I literally, that was her face. It was like, oh dear, what have I done? <laughs> but <laughs> she was she was a trooper and powered through it, and uh, and yeah, we're still together. So yay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> missed it. But, yep. Uh,
0: but yeah, this this homeschooler is ready to call it a night, dude. What would your planet score be for this series that is WandaVision? I really liked most of what I saw, but the complaints that I had about the storytelling and some of the, the downward pacing in the last couple of episodes just didn't have quite the emphatic finish that I was hoping for. I'm leaning towards the range of about an eight out of ten.
1: You know what i I will. I think I'm gonna echo you. I really. I'm trying,
0: I'm I'm trying I trying to exert my influence on you. I was just stating my opinion. I'm not trying to say you need to give this an eight out of ten. Like by all means, if you felt like it was better, that's great. That's just kind of how I ended up landing.
1: No, no, I think. Look here. Here's here's my logic. Here here here's my logic. I think. It's really fantastic overall. The series was phenomenal the way it was paced out. It's homages to, you know, classic sitcoms to just the overall story and how it blended into the MCU was nothing short of brilliant. And really I think it changed the game for for superhero shows and movies from now on. I think this is a you know could be a turning point in just like making something different. We've seen so many superhero things up until this point, but this isn't so different. and uh you have to give them credit for coming up with something like this. It's just unlike we've had anything we've ever seen. That's not to say they didn't have issues. That's not to say that I think maybe they were going a little too far and creating mysteries and stuff like that and and you know the, and doing this and that and trying to you know string people along and maybe not totally delivering on certain things. Um, yeah, you know, the whole Patriot Pietro fake out was in my opinion. Sucked. It really did. It, it just, you know, them doing that, I think is pretty, unless they can find a way to like repair this or like if there's more to the story, um, it's pretty unforgivable. I think they, they really screwed up there. Um, I'd love seeing Evan Peters and I hope he comes back, but uh the whole idea that he's not somehow not that character from the Fox Universe just makes no sense. Um that all aside, it was great. And I loved it. I want more and you know, yeah, there wasn't a Luke Skywalker size cameo in it or whatever. You know, I wanna set all that aside and set all my expectations aside and go like this is still great. Yeah, it would have been great to have more, you know. Tie ins with the MCU, but ultimately it was a great story for Wanda and Vision. And yeah, eight and eight out of ten. Well,
0: there you have it, folks. A couple of eight out of tens as our overall rating for this Disney Plus series called WandaVision. Ben, where can the folks at home keep up with you when they are not tuning in to the Intergalactic Peace Coalition?
1: Um, if you want to hear me rant even more about Quicksilver, you can follow me at Ben Hart with no E on the Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. And you can also find me doing stuff over at the Star Wars on at the SWU. And then I do even more stuff over at Culture Slate at Culture Slate. And I, I think that's it. I think that's all my plugs. I've got too many now. Um, I, cause I do too much stuff, but, uh, there you go.
0: <laughs> we're we're both juggling a little bit too much, honestly, but uh, it's all good things. Like, this is my third broadcast on Mixler today, and the last <laughs> two were also over two hours talking about baseball games. So, you know, there's 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 some certain priorities that we make on certain things, and it's all okay because we're we're doing it for the betterment of ourselves and our communities. So, it's it's all it's all a good thing. But uh, if you want to follow me, follow me on uh, Facebook and Twitter at Zach the Voice to find out some of the other stuff that I'm doing. You'll see a lot of posts about the local high school baseball team that I do coverage for. And we've got another game tomorrow. So be sure to tune into that. And I'm also going to be the public address announcer for a college baseball game that's being played in a minor league baseball ballpark tomorrow. So yeah i got some connections the the guy who was doing most of the games couldn't make it for this one game he had a conflict of interests and so he found a backup and that backup was me so i'm gonna i'm gonna do a uh, radio call for a high school game and then do a public address call for a college game all in one day tomorrow so it should be fun that's awesome
1: that is fantastic
0: you can also find the Intergalactic Peace Coalition here on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram at IPC Podcast. And you can find previous episodes on StarWarsUnderworld.com. You can also find them on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and our main hosting site, IPCPodcast.Podbean.com. But Ben, unless you got any other thoughts, I think it's time we call it a night.
1: I think we've said enough about this. For but now. we've probably got A lot more to say. Obviously, we'll come back to this. It's not over yet. The story's not finished. And, you know, we'll always be looking for new ways to work WandaVision in the thing, because we're not. We're just beginning to get the discussion. But, uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Cannot wait to talk to you guys in a couple weeks.
0: It will be fun. A reminder that IPC is bi-weekly now, so the show will be back in a couple of weeks' time. But that's going to do it for this edition of the intergalactic peace coalition podcast thank you everybody that tuned in live on facebook and mixler we're looking forward to being back again next time but until that time comes around for ben hart i'm zach arnold thanks for tuning in we hope to see you next time but until that time comes around we just want to leave you with this final thought the cost of war can never be truly accounted for but we hope to account for each one of you at our next episode of ipc until then good night everyone Of everything, it's been Agatha all along. Who's been pulling every evil string?
1: It's been Agatha all
0: along. She's insidious, (laughs) so perfidious that you haven't even noticed. And the pity is.
1: Killed Sparky, too. <laughs>